20 years ago on uh, January the 6th, many of you will remember this because it dominated uh, the news for several months. But uh, we were approaching the time for <clears throat> the U.S. figure skating championship uh, for the women. And uh, there were two <clears throat> ladies, Nancy Kerrigan and Tanya Harding, who were uh, competitors. They were both uh, right there, neck and neck. Uh, both were uh, expected to uh, compete for the gold medal in the Olympics. But as they were approaching the U.S. championship, uh, many of you will remember what happened. Uh, Kerrigan had finished practicing one uh, day, and she, she walked off the ice, and she walked behind this curtain, and there was a man standing there, and he had a club and and hit her with all of his might in her right leg, uh, trying to break her leg. Um, immediately, she screamed out and people rushed to her aid and so forth. Uh, later, um, it was uh, there were ties to at least Tanya Harding's husband and men she claims to have had no prior knowledge of um, him doing it, a way of eliminating the competition. Uh, as things went on, Tanya did win the U.S. Da- uh, World Championship because, uh, the, or the U.S. Championship because Kerrigan couldn't compete. Uh, it was later revoked and taken from Tanya when her involvement was uh, discovered. And uh, Kerrigan went on to uh, at least win the silver medal in the Olympics that year. Um, huge story and dominated a lot of time and a lot of press. But one of the things that I remember from that whole story, and if you've ever seen any of it or ever heard of it, you'll remember Kerrigan sitting down on the ground after she had been hit and she was crying and she kept yelling, why, why? And she just kept saying over and over again, why? Why would anyone do this? We have all asked the question, why me? What did I do to deserve this? And that question can range from things that are quite serious. Maybe you have been um, on the receiving end of some pretty significant bad news concerning your health. And you ask, why me? Uh, or, or maybe it's something with your children and, and you ask the same question, why me? There, there are some pretty weighty things that cause us to sometimes say, why me? But there are also just trivial things that cause us to say that and to ask that question. We may just be, you know, it may be just as trivial as uh, getting in a line, uh, a cashier or register, you know, at Walmart. Listen, if you want to get through Walmart fast and I'm at the store at the same time as you, don't get in my line. Because I'm always in the longest line. And and if you get in the other ones, they just zip right on through. But I'm always left saying, why me? You know, why does this always happen to me? Um, so it, it ranges from trivial to, to some very serious things where we sometimes ask that question. And I know that a lot of people, with respect to the serious matters, why 
Why do bad things happen to good people? Why do we suffer? Why is this illness? Why is this death? Why has this impacted my life like it has? I know that we often tell people, don't ask why me. That's not a good question to ask. So let's just not ask that question. That's somehow a bad thing to ask. Here's what I want to do, but I want to explain it. So don't turn me off right at this point. I want to suggest to you that that's a question that maybe we should be asking. Why me? And I'll explain why I say that in in just a minute, and you'll understand what I'm saying as we go on. But let's start with this first point. Why me? That question is usually asked in a negative sense. It's usually asked when something bad has happened, some catastrophe has befallen us, um, and and we're suffering and we're hurting and we're scared or bewildered about what we're to do next. And so we ask that question, why me? Why, why does this happen to me? Um, I understand why we ask that question, but really... Asking that question in times of trouble may reveal more about us than we realize. Because what it might reveal is that we have a faulty theology. A a theology that trusts more in um, or is more aligned with karma than with Christianity. Where did we ever get the notion that bad things don't happen to good people? Now, I know that on the surface and when we're talking about it, if we're to sit here after church today and we're going to talk about things like this, we're, we're all going to agree, you know, bad things happen to good people. Yeah, we all agree with that. Nobody's, we all seem to be in agreement. We all know that that's the case. But the first time something bad happens to us, what do we say? Why me? It's as if we can intellectually know, well, that's the case, but when it really happens, we abandon what we know and we have these questions as to why. You know, God, if you love me like you say you do, why do you allow certain things to to happen to me? Um, As Christians, we should know that we're not immune to suffering. I know that people sometimes come to Christ with the notion that, you know, i got to give my life to Jesus because, man, there are so many bad things happening to me in my life. I need to get past all this. And so I'm going to obey the gospel and good stuff's going to happen. Maybe. But you know what? If you stay in the world, maybe good stuff will happen to you too. You see, there's no guarantee. There's no promise that because you do the right thing that pleasantries will will follow or grace your path. Uh, we know that, don't we? I mean, that's the entire book of Job. Isn't that what that whole thing is about? You know, Job is a godly, righteous, blameless individual of whom God is proud. And he says to Satan, hey, see that guy right there, Job? Man, I'm proud of him. This guy is upright and blameless in all of his ways. He is a good guy. And the devil says, well, well, of course, no wonder. I mean, you build a hedge around him. You won't let anything bad happen to him. Who wouldn't serve you under those conditions? But let me touch him. Let me do some bad stuff to his life. And he'll turn on you like on a dime. And God said, you don't know Job. He will not. 
And Satan says, well, then let's, let's see. Satan takes his family, takes his livelihood, his servants, everything is taken from Job. But yet Job continues to be faithful to God. But here's the thing. Job was a faithful child of God. And he suffered indescribably. Who in one day loses ten children? That's the story of Job. Can you imagine how devastated you would be? But that's what happened to this godly man. And I understand how you could very easily say, well, why did this happen to me? And God really didn't give him an answer. The answer that he got in the book of Job is just simply this. Job, trust me. I know what I'm doing. You know, godliness on the case of Job or in the case of Job was not reason to not suffer. Actually, it was one of the fundamental reasons he did suffer. So the idea that, you know, I don't understand God. Why would, why me? What did I ever do to deserve this? It doesn't have anything to do with you being a Christian. Bad things happen to good people. The book of Job teaches us this. But also, didn't Jesus himself teach that in John chapter 9? In John chapter 9, there was a man who was uh, born blind. And so his disciples came to him and said, Teacher, um, w- w- let us in on something. Who sinned that he should have been born blind? His parents or did he do something wrong? They had this mistaken notion that the friends of Job had. If you're suffering, you must have done something wrong. And so they come to Jesus and say, this guy's blind. He had to have done something. Or was it his parents? Is he blind because his parents did something wrong? And Jesus said, neither. He said it was so that the glory of God could be manifest in him. And Jesus went ahead and healed him and showed the power of God by giving him sight. Had nothing to do with his sin, or something that he had done wrong. Uh, Suffering can also, well, I know we don't measure it in these ways, but really, cannot suffering be good? Do you remember what the psalmist said in Psalm 119 and verse 71? He said, it was good for me to have been afflicted. Because what that did is it, it drove him to the word of God. You know, when when everything's going your way and you're not suffering and everything's just laying down in front of you and, and life is easy, it's easy to forget God. Let there be a hiccup. Let there be a bump in the road. And what do we do? We start praying. Lord, help. You know, we, what, where are those prayers when things are going well? We forget. So the psalmist said, you know, when trouble came my way, Actually, it was a good thing because it led me back to God. I got a little too independent and self-sufficient. Suffering can also be remedial. It can teach us. Um, it can help us to be a better person. It can correct us when we get out of line and when we take our eyes off of heaven. Suffering can, can cause us to look back to God and appeal to him for, for help. You know why I didn't crawl up here today like a baby on all four? Because my parents let me suffer. 
You see, what would happen? I, I had a guy call me just this week. Or not call me, he, he emailed me and he was going through some difficult things and he said, why would God allow me to suffer? Why do, why, why wouldn't, because if God loves me, why wouldn't he protect me from some of these things that I'm having to deal with? And he, he was serious in his questions. He was asking, why me? Well, it, it's, it's trivial in its nature. It's not, in, you know, it's not exhaustive, but it gives us a talking point. But here, consider this. Why do parents let children who know how to crawl pull themselves up and take off? Because they know what's going to happen. They're going to fall. And when they fall, they're going to get hurt. And they're going to cry and they're going to get little, you know, burns on their knee when they fall or on their elbow from falling. Uh, it's going to be a scary thing for them. Why would, why would a parent let a child go through a scary ordeal and, and ultimately end up in something that's going to hurt them? Because they know that by going through that, it's just a part of getting to a better position in life. I can understand that on that level, and if, and if there's some degree that I can understand it on that level, can we not apply it beyond that? Why would God allow us to suffer? Why would God allow us to be scared, to hurt? Because they're just a part of a chain of events that ultimately will take us to a better place. Aren't you glad that you were allowed to fall? so that you know how to walk today? Wouldn't life be a bummer if we were just crawling like babies back to our cars? I mean, can you imagine that? Who wants that? It's so much better to be able to walk. And sometimes suffering can be viewed in that sense that it's really a good thing, not necessarily a bad thing. So rather than asking, why me? Maybe... In terms of negative, we might ought to be asking, well, why not me? Why wouldn't I expect? What is there in God's word that would suggest to me that I'm not going to suffer in life? We suffer. Okay, but now here's here's where we need to ask the question. You see, I don't think we need to look up to heaven and with a clenched fist and say to God, why? Why me? That's not what I mean when I say we need to be saying or asking this question. I'm saying that most of the time when the question is asked, why me, it's asked in a negative sense. But what if we were to ask that same question positively? What if instead of when bad things happen to us, we raise our fist to God and say, why me? What if... And if we're willing to do that, you know, raise our fist to God, might we ought to also be willing to raise our hands in praise to God when good things happen? Might we also be astounded and amazed and confused that, why me? Why would God bless and privilege me with these things that I have been privileged with? When's the last time you asked that question? 
See, we're, we're not shy to say, why me, when bad things happen? And we're vocal about it. But when's the last time something good happened that you were just as vocal about, God, why me? Why would you do this for me? Why would you bless me? What have I ever done to deserve this? Not in a bad way, but in a positive way. If we're willing to shake our fists toward heaven, I think we should be willing to lift our hands toward the God of heaven when he blesses us. Turn in your Bible to uh, Psalm 103, verses 1 through 14. I want to read that in just a minute, but I want to remind you what the Lord said in Philippians chapter 4. The Apostle Paul said in that passage that uh, we should be anxious in nothing. But in everything, with prayer and supplications and with thanksgivings, let your request be made known unto God. Paul said, I don't want you to worry about things, but I do want you to give thanks. I want you to be praying to God and I want you to be thanking him for the blessings that you receive. I know, you know, and I don't know anybody's mind, but I know that sometimes we can rotely say things without giving thought to those things. And rarely do we say in a prayer, do not say in a prayer, Father, thank you for all the blessings. Have we ever taken time to enumerate some of those blessings? What are the things for which we should be thanking God? And what are the things for which we should be saying, God, why me? Why would you do this for me? You know, when I look back over my life, there are a lot of why me's I could ask God. God, why would you place, you know, he's the father of all spirits. And he's the one who animates us. And he's the one who places the spirit in in us and why, God, why me? Why would you give me to my parents? Of all the people living in the world, why would you place me there? What, why me? Why did I have the opportunity to grow up in a home and be raised by a mother and a father who loved God and who demonstrated that? Why me? Why would I have not been somebody that was born to another family, maybe in another part of the world where Christianity isn't taught or believed? Maybe it's Islam or something else. Why, why me? There are, there are so many things in our lives in which we're blessed. And I, I know that we're tempted very quickly to say, why me, when it goes south for us. But I don't know that we're as quick to say, why me, when it works out on our behalf. And that's what I'm saying we need to be saying. We need to be saying and asking more frequently, why me, Lord? What, what did I ever do to deserve this? Who am I that you would give your attention to me and, and look down upon me with such favor and grace and, and impart your good providence in my direction? Why me? I think we ought to be in awe of that and give greater thought to that. You know, why, why me 
to be able to go to college? Why me to be able to have the ability to learn? Why me to be able to have a family, a wife, and children? Why me to be able to work here with this good group of people? Why me? Of all the people in the world, why do I get to do and to have those things and experience those those things? It's questions we ought to ask. There are things for which we ought to give thanks. Um, about ten years ago, I, I don't even remember. Kim can tell you the date. I, I can't, but it's probably been ten years or so ago. I was shaving and I kept noticing, you know, a knot in my throat. Or, or in my neck. And so I went to the doctor and he said, that's nothing. But it wouldn't go away. So I went to a different doctor and they did like an MRI or a CAT scan, whatever it was, and, and discovered that I had a tumor in my salivary gland. And I remember the doctor saying that day, cause I was floored. And he said, you know, that you have various salivary glands. You have some up front. And he said, if you have a tumor there, it's 80% malignant. And there's some back here, and if you have it back there, it's usually 20% malignant. But if you have it right where I had it, he said, uh, it's 50-50. And so I, I can't tell you what it is until we get it out and, and do all this. And so it would have been really easy to have said, why me? You know, I, I'm, I'm young, I, I have children, I have, you know, a wife, I have responsibilities. I'm, uh, there are a thousand reasons why you could say, why is this happening to me? But you know, after the surgery took place and, and everything was done and settled and learned that it was benign, um, could I not at that point also say, why me? Why am I part of the 50% that didn't have cancer? You know, it's a 50-50. Why am I over here and everything turned out all right? And why am I not one of the others that had more complications? I'm just saying that there's reason to give thanks. And there are reasons for which we ought to be in awe of God and His love and care for us that we often take for granted. Instead of just simply asking God, why me? What did I do to deserve this? When bad things happen, I'm saying we ought to be saying that daily with reference to the blessings and the providence that God grants us. That passage in Psalm 103, look at verses 1 through 14 with me. The psalmist says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities. Why me? Why would he forgive me my iniquities? Who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy toward those who fear him. 
And as far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame and he remembers that we are just dust. Why? Why does God do all of those good things for me? Those are questions we need to be asking. And as we come to a close of this lesson, I just want to remind you, we are entering into a period of of thanksgiving in our nation. It's a time when we probably do a little more reflection than we typically do. I'll admit that sometimes when bad things happen, I ask the question, why me? But I'll also admit that when good things happen, I don't nearly ask the question as much as I should. Why me, Lord? What did I ever do to deserve all of this? What causes you to unleash your loving kindness upon me in the way that you have? Why have you blessed my life in the ways that it has been blessed? Why have you allowed me to experience the things that have brought joy and pleasure and happiness and pleasantries to my life? Why have you you paved my path with those things? Why me? What did I ever do to deserve this? Those kind of questions will drive you to your knees in a way that you humble yourself before God and give thanks. When you look at your life and how blessed you are, how can you not give thanks? Let's close with this passage from Psalm 105 and verse 3. Well, just 1 through 3. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing psalms to Him. Talk of all His wondrous works. Glory in His holy name. The psalmist says, listen, God has done so much for us. His mercy, His grace, His anger is not, you know, it's able to be, you know, pulled back. We don't deserve it. He has been so good to us. So in light of that, talk about him. Sing his praises, literally. And glory in the fact that you're his child and that he is your God. I want us to glory in the fact that God is who he is. Why us? Why would God bless us like he has? The answer is as simple as because he loves us. And he wants fellowship with us. He wants us to go to heaven and be with him eternally. And if you're here this morning and you're not yet a child of God, don't overlook the love he has for you. He loves you and has done so much to prove that. If you're not yet a a baptized believer into Jesus, why don't you take that step this morning? We'll baptize you into Christ upon the forgiveness or remission of your, or uh, repentance of your sins. And God will forgive you and you'll be an heir of his. If you're a child of God already, but unfaithful 
And um, maybe you've been taking the blessings of God for granted and you want to say thank you. And you want the prayers to be stronger and more faithful. We'll pray with you if you'll come as we stand together and sing.